0: Thank you, John, for leading us in worship today. And uh, John was called in right off the bench, right there. We uh, we've got a lot of people that are uh, suffering illness, including many of our song leaders. So he even worked. He worked with a he worked with a, a a playbook that wasn't even his own, and that's I, I admire that. And uh, Mike, thank you for leading us around. The, as soon as you were talking about undercover boss, and you said. Uh, How would you like, you know, your boss to do that? I'm thinking, he actually did. And uh, Jesus, Jesus is my boss. Do you all understand? Okay. All right. Well, then we definitely need to pray. Uh, I'm serious. Pray with me. Father, we laugh because um, you've given us the joy of being in fellowship with one another. And you've given us the, uh, the pleasure of coming into your company, coming into your presence. And knowing that when you came and you met us in the flesh, you came to draw us close to you, not to catch us, not to um, condemn us, but to save us. And Father, we see your presence among us, and I pray that you would give us a moment now to reflect on all the ways that you have been at work among us, beside us, sometimes invisible, sometimes very visible. But Father, help us to think about all of the ways that we can name that your Spirit is active among us. I pray that you would be with me in the sharing of this Word. I pray that you would be with us all as listeners of your Word. We ask this in the name of our King, Jesus Christ. Amen. I think it's a good idea to benchmark where we are and where we're going as a congregation. In Scripture, you read about the Ebenezer, the stone of help. Most people tend to think of Ebenezer Scrooge. If you've been around here for a while, you'll remember that the first preacher in this building, Jack Harriman, used the word Ebenezer almost as a way of dedicating the the pulpit and the preaching in this building to the service of the Lord. In fact, he referenced that last year when he came in and did the sermon for our mission Sunday. The Ebenezer, the stone of help, is named that by Samuel, the prophet. When God's people won a victory, he, he named the stone, stone of help. He said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. He was marking out in space and in time a place where the Lord had brought them along thus far. And it not only looks back, but it looks ahead, expecting that the Lord will continue that help. I want to take you back just one year, one year and one month, January of 2016. Our shepherd group had us focus on four words. They had been in a retreat at the end of 2015, and they were dreaming about what it meant to grow this church and what kind of church family we ought to be and what words would identify the kind of virtues and the traits that we should embody. They came up with the words friendly, inviting, intimate, participatory and they were asking us then to do two things to internalize these traits and to practice them among us but to also embody them in all of our ministries and all of the resources and tools that we use now here we are one year later and I've written some things down and I'm going to name them and chances are I'm not going to name everything because there's room for you to fill in the blanks We've hosted a cub camp for 400-something freshmen. Uh, We fed them burgers. That was last fall. We didn't know most of them. We weren't even sure we could pull it off, but we did. Why? To be friendly, to be inviting. Everyone participated. We uh, had a trunk-or-treat event on Halloween night, and we took it out into the parking lot. And so, people from the community were told to come. Everyone was welcome. We ran out of candy. But there was a spirit of welcoming, there was a spirit of friendliness. Everyone was participating. We had our first uh, Welcome to West Ark class just in the last two weeks. I think it's called We Are West Ark, isn't it? It's West Ark we are west ark welcome to west ark i mean it's it's a class for people who are here for the first time and we want to we want to be friendly we want to be inviting and this moves us into the area of intimacy as we really get to know people and as they get to know each other and we're encouraging everyone to participate in this hospitality we'll do we'll do more of those We had a VBS for the community last year. You remember the big stage that was up here? We invited people in. We weren't doing that just for ourselves and just for our own children, but we were encouraging others to bring their neighbors. And then we had the night to shine on February 10th. And it was all four of those, friendly, inviting, intimate, and participatory. We made friends with people that we had just met on that night. These are just a few examples of how we have seriously embodied these four traits. And I would say, look at how far we've grown with God's help. This is our stone of help moment today. One year ago, our shepherds challenged five talented individuals to dream about ways to embody those traits even in this structure so that this structure became... Useful to us as a people who embodied these traits, Jordan Brown and Darren Chilton, Rachel Snyder, Bill Camp, Lou Winchell, and Bob Knoll made up what we called the design team. And they dreamed about those plans, and they they worked on those plans, and they thought about these traits and embodied that in a plan, and then that plan was taken to the architects. And so we talked about it once with you at a Talk It Up. We talked about it again at another Talk It Up. And the emphasis of the plan that was developed was to make these facilities not only useful to us, but useful for others who would be guests. That it should be, and it's simple things like signage and opening up walls so that when people come here, they, they, they don't get lost in a maze. You, we want this to be a place where people can understand that, that, oh yes, okay, if I go here, I'll find my way. It's only been in the last year that I've stopped getting lost in this building, and uh, it happens. Uh We wanted to make a facility that was about, that it would embody outreach and receiving people. And you saw the things in the plans that everyone got excited about and talked about at the Talk It Up. I think that outdoor picnic area is still high on the list because it itself embodies a front porch. That we can say to the community, come join us. We can say to people that we meet, meet us up here. Welcome, come into our house. Like the houses of the old days that had that front porch. Where you met your neighbors, where you greeted the people who would be traveling by. And then if the relationship continued, you invited them on into the house for a meal, for fellowship. What we were doing in this, and I think this is another reflection over the last year, is we're continuing a vision that goes back to the original construction of this facility. Those of you who've been around since the 1980s know that this building has changed many times. Uh, It may not be as obvious to us in the last five or six years, maybe even in the last ten years. But in the 1980s, there was an original design for a place of growth. That original generation of designers and visionaries wondered how could we have a structure that was useful, that would be a place for education, that would be a place for worship, it would be a place for fellowship. And then that same idea extended into 1999 and 2000 when the Family Life Center was added. That's the gymnasium with the kitchen. How many times have we used that to not only the benefit of our families, but to the benefit of people in the community? It's become an important resource in practicing hospitality and fellowship. And as I was making this list, it just kept growing as I started thinking about all the things that represent the embodied growth the the structural projects that are not just projects in and of themselves but they embody a vision for growth spiritual growth as well as numerical growth and so in the 2000s we we acquired the hope chest property we built the building on johnson street i still remember the day that they they broke ground and the people who were there some of those original visionaries and now there is a, a, a meeting place on Johnson Street where they, they worship every Lord's Day and they fellowship there. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly when we got the cure facilities, but the point is made that, that we have these other places, these other structures even outside of this place that represent a growth for doing the work of the kingdom in this world. And then in 2009, that property right next door, we didn't own that originally originally. But the opportunity to buy it came up. And we had a little less than six weeks to raise the uh, more than $100,000 that was needed. And everybody gave what they could. And God provided. And now we remodeled that place twice. And now here we are after 2016. We've got new designs to upgrade this facility for growth, for outreach, to be friendly, inviting, intimate, and participatory. I show you this list simply because this is what we've always been doing. It's part of who we are. How many of us have benefited from what earlier generations were able to envision, what they were able to build, and what they gave and continue to give? to our own enrichment and to outreach into the community how many of us have had that benefit how many people have been the beneficiaries of those who are generous givers of those who decided that these things could be and should be done and that there were opportunities that needed to be met so here we are now and the adventure is ahead of us it's a continuation Of the vision that has always moved us through you know some of some of those folks are still still here who gave and who had that vision some of them have gone but they remain in our cloud of witnesses and the last thing that i think they would want us to do is sit back and quit i think they would want us to press forward but it's still appropriate here at this stone of help moment realizing that god has brought us this far to ask well why why do we need to do this well just like the generations who've gone on before us here at this congregation or anywhere those who've benefited us they've always had a vision that was larger than themselves they had hopes and dreams for growth and they were eager to see others use and benefit facilities like this but all of us have been, now been invited to participate in the use, in the upkeep, in the giving that makes projects like these possible. I want you to, I want to, I want you to hear this right now, especially if, if you're some of our newer families, if you're like our friends who've just placed membership today, if, you're like, if it's only been in the last few years, I don't want anybody to ever have that feeling that you're somehow a, a late-to-the-show uh, you know, late person that you're somehow a, a recent immigrant and that we have all of these uh, blue-blood Mayflower families who are here first and they get all the say. That's not how we do things here, amen? That's not the way we are. Everyone gets to... I mean, you saw it in that list of traits. Everyone gets to participate because everyone has a purpose and has value in God's kingdom. We're just one big family of christ and this this facility like all our facilities is just a house for a family that keeps growing so why why spend the money on the plans that we've seen why risk why risk the failure of not being and let's admit it sometimes we're afraid well what if we try and we don't get there what if we don't try we really won't get there Well, first of all, i just give you three reasons I can think of. Um, There's necessary upgrades. We'll be spending money on the maintenance of this building regardless of what we decide to do or have decided to do. I mean, even if we had said, look, after those uh, earlier projects, no more, we would still be spending money because things have to be upgraded. We might as well be intentional about it and have a plan. The design team, and I'm going to introduce you today to a new one called the finance team, along with all of your input, and if you've never given that input, the time is still available to give input. Uh, All of that represents an effort to coordinate these improvements for decades to come. If we know we're going to have to be working on this stuff, we might as well get ahead of it and be proactive. Someone might ask the question, well, could we get by without the necessary upgrades? It's that word necessary that uh, is so interesting. Uh, necessary implies that it is needed. Sometimes this is needed. There have been upgrades to this building that, that, we've, um, that, that have probably gone by unnoticed. Some of them will be noticed. Um, we, um, for instance... You may not know this, but in this building, we have the pinnacle of lighting technology. I know you call it a cave, but it is the height of lighting technology for 1983, okay? But it was in its day and age. It was the top. It was the best. Now, you can see a sample of what we're going to get right back here. And By the way, this is going to happen. You'll see that downlight. This has already been taken care of by the generosity of people who've given. So we're going to have upgraded technology. Um, is it necessary? Maybe not. Is it needful? Yes. Is it cost effective? Yes. We've already done things like this throughout this building that have saved us thousands of dollars each year. This is exciting to think about the, the, the stewardship and the care of this. But it does take funds to do that, then there's stuff that really does need to be done. I'm gonna tell this story, and I didn't ask his permission. Uh, Jordan and I, when we were setting up for the night to shine, had a very spiritual experience uh, before any of it began. I was convinced at one point because, see, we thought uh, Caleb there for his red carpet needed an outlet. And we thought, well, that's fine. We'll just tap in an outlet to one of these conduits up there. Now, now that's the kind of thing that is rightly left to the professionals. But that's never stopped me before. And um, I, b- I believe in... Uh, uh, I did electrical work in, in Mexico, and there the, uh, the attitude is, uh, you know, you, know wait, you can do it. You know, it's like, yeah, you can do it. And, and it would be in normal situation, it would have been an easy fix. But there's nothing normal about that out there. And what happened to us is not just operator error or the non professionals being involved. There were some problems with the materials. And so there was this moment when I turned around and we had an epiphany and I believe that Jordan was speaking to a burning bush because there was this large glowing ball of plasma. But I knew it wasn't God because he said something like, yikes, or, uh, and, that, and there was no do not fear. Thankfully, the people that know better came and helped us clean up the mess. But the point is, what, what caused a lot of that was not just my ignorance it contributed but what what caused some of it was the wear and tear on materials it's happening folks we're all aging including this building and it will require maintenance and we want the professionals to do that and that means that we have to invest the second reason why we're doing this is opportunity we believe we have an opportunity and a lot of that has to do with our location I've talked to those people who were involved in the original construction of this building, and one of the things that they were most excited about was the location. They knew the college was here. They knew this was, a, was an opportunity right here, To and, and you were close to the interstate. And that meant that we could serve across the street and regionally. We need to maximize the opportunity of location that God has given us. We're blessed with a location that allows us to reach generations of the future now when they're receptive to the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I know you don't have to have a building to do that. But what you do have to have is hospitality. So since I went to Florida, got to know Cade Richard's dad, Todd. And and, and and now we talk every once in a while, and we don't talk about Cade. Uh, we, we, talk about, we talk about life. And uh, so he posts the other day, um, I, I should have shown you the picture. He's, he's having lunch with this guy with a big old long beard wearing camo. It's the duck commander. It's Phil Robertson. There's Cade's father. Cade was actually in the office. He saw it first, and he goes, My dad, there's no telling where he's going to go. You know, he gets around. And he wants to know, how have you reached so many people? I mean, long before the days of Duck Dynasty, how did you reach people? How did you share the good news? His number one lesson to Todd Richards was hospitality. Inviting people into your home is a given, it's a non negotiable. Hospitality. And I think that does include our homes i think it also includes our collective space it's not an either or it's a both and we've got to practice hospitality and that means there's a little effort in fact todd richards had uh... lunch that day and the duck commander made lunch for him i don't know was it duck did they actually have duck? i don't know but he he cooked it that's hospitality if we grow as disciples and if we're unafraid and willing to, to open our homes, then we'll also open this gathering place at 900 North Waldron to the community. Opportunity and hospitality and everything. And finally, I'm going to give you the, op, the uh, reason of gratitude. We have all been blessed by the generosity and vision of those who went before us. Now, if that's true and we believe that's true, then how can we not do the same If we're truly grateful for their giving spirit. What sense does it make for us to say. We know all of that was done. And we're the beneficiaries of it. But that's it. We're going to stop sharing with people. That's not only a lack of gratitude. That's an insult. To those. Who have given so much for us. There's going to be a process involved. And it's going to take some time. And I want to give you the. The the quick sketch of this process. We've gone through the design phase. We've seen the design. We've talked about it. At this point, all we can do is tweak details depending on what we run into. But we've got a design. We've shared it with you all last year. We, we feel like we've gotten talented people to represent us and work on that. Next, it's going to take funding. The line I like in, you know, uh, uh, Mike asked you, if you, um, if you watch TV, I'll ask you, do you watch movies? One of my favorite movies, uh, Academ- well, it should have been the Academy Award winner for 1983, but it wasn't, Terms of Endearment. Anyway, the one that you should watch, though, is The Right Stuff. And I love the line that they have in there where they're talking about the space program, and they say, do you know what gets those rockets up in the sky? And he goes, yeah, the, the aerodynamics and the propulsion. And he goes, no, money. No bucks, no Buck Rogers. Money's not everything, but it will take funding. Let's just be honest about that. Because when we get that, when we cross that phase, then we can talk about construction. Now, the spiritual growth and the disciple-making takes place and is a vital part of each and every phase. We have, just like we are beings who are both physical and spiritual... In working with our resources, it is spiritual, and it is physical. We are not dualist. Our work in this is not something separate from our spiritual growth. This is a spiritual process. Now to get us through that phase B, we're looking right now at a, at a plan that's going to involve three million. That's, that's our estimate in three years. And we've set up a finance team. I want to tell you who they are. Now, I'm going to ask you guys to stand up if you don't mind. John Priester, will you stand? He's your song leader. Kevin Heslin, uh, one of our shepherds. Bill Camp is right there. And where's Andy Rye? There's Andy. These four men make up what we're calling the finance team. And this, this is the email that will get to all four of them. So we thank you four for shepherding us and guiding us through this process. Those are the fellows that you'll want to talk to. Yeah, thank you for that encouragement. They thank you for that encouragement. Because we want you to understand that, that we've got to have somebody calling the plays. We've got to have somebody guiding this. And so they are giving. And that's, they're going to give you more plans and more details about this process. What I'm giving you here is just a rough sketch. Subject to change, of course. And they'll discuss that with us. But I'll tell you this secret. I think I know deep down where that money is going to come from, that how. There's a secret here. I'm going to tell you what that secret is. When it comes to the how question, first of all, God will provide. God always provides. Look back at that list. Look at the stone of help. Where we've been since the 1980s. How did we get there? Somebody wrote a big check. Where'd they get that big check? A lot of people wrote little checks. Where did they get those little checks? Where does any of it come from? God provides. And that's what we believe. When we bought that property over there for the student house, I still remember the words Larry Todd said when he he announced that opportunity. He He read from Scripture, On the mountain of the Lord it was said, The Lord provides. Let's say that. Let's preach that. God provides. And then, okay, now the question though is, uh, where are we going to get the money? How are we going to make the money work? I mean, isn't there some secret to this, especially when it comes to big numbers like that? There is. It's one word. Giving. Giving. All West Ark revenue is the product of giving. I know there's a lot of different ways to give, Ways that I don't even understand. I was trying to get one of our electronic methods to work this morning. Uh, I failed. That's not its prop fault. That's, that's my fault. I'm going to figure it out. Oh, but there's all kinds of ways uh, to give. Uh, there's memorials. There's matching funds. There's sale of property. There's estate gifts, electronic transfers, pledges, and just putting cold, hard cash in the plate. You can give in all those kind of ways, but the point is it's all Giving. And I want you to know that even as we listen to these plans and these timelines that we're going to hear about in the weeks ahead, it still comes down to giving, sharing, generosity, knowing that how much the Lord has done for us, how can we not give and share with others? That's the gist of it. It's that uncomplicated. Next week, the finance team will share some more details, and they'll share their reasonable plan for raising funds. I want you to know this, too, that in all of this, it has always been our way here to be transparent about finances. The only thing that we won't share with you is what other people give. And we don't need to know that anyway, because all that matters is what I give, what you give. That's all I need to be concerned with. And not worry about what somebody else does. You know, I'm telling you this this simply because I've read a lot of literature that tells me that what I should do to convince you to give and to, to, to dig deep and find that money in your pockets is I have to convince you that in giving, you'll get something in return. I'm not going to do it, because I can't. And every time that I've seen you give, I saw this on night to shine. I've seen this over the years. You pour yourselves into giving when there's nothing material or personal that you're going to receive. And you do it with joy. We go on mission trips in this church. And we give and we work. And people say, your mission teams work harder than anybody else we've seen. Some of them show up to the mission site acting like it, you know, they're at Club Med. Hey, where's my towels? And where, where's, my, where's my fresh water? Where's all? You no. Know, We go to serve. You see that in the community here. And that's the secret of happiness. That's the secret of real Christian joy is to be able to give like that. So I'm going to encourage you to do that. And I want to show you that it's biblical. This is what I'm going to use as the basis, as the foundation of all of this. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't worry if it's too much, too little, not enough. Just decide in your heart how much to give. You don't even have to decide that today. Decide it as we go. Don't worry about percentages. We focus on percentages, and that, the world, the culture out there is crooked, and it divides us, and it talks about the 1% and the 2% and the haves and the have-nots. In the kingdom of God, the closest you get to a percentage is a tithe, and the tithe is just, why don't you give back to God? Really, it's not about the tithe, it's about the first fruits. Give back to God first. Why? Because he gave you everything. Generosity. It's an attitude of the heart. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. I'm not going to pressure you. None of us are going to pressure you. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And I've seen you, you've seen it, you've seen people give with that joy, knowing that they're living out the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The same mind that was in Jesus Christ, that he did not consider equality with God something to be held on to. But he humbled himself, he let go of it, and he became like a servant. And he made himself obedient to God. Even death on a cross, that's how obedient, a shameful death on a cross, that's how, hum, that's how obedient he was. And God raised him from the dead and gave him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ... Is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. First thing I ask you to give to Christ is self. If you do that, the funds and the time and everything else will follow. As we stand and sing this song, I ask that all of us would commit ourselves fully to Him in trust. Now, if you need to embody that giving in some way and want to talk to our shepherds down here or back there in that room with pews, we can do that. Let's stand. Let's sing together.